26, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 26, and and uh, because of the uh, <clears throat> the the few testimonies, uh, and just it just seems like we are speeding through the through the service. We'll probably get out early tonight. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Well, I had told you last week that because we were we would be speaking on the Lord's Supper tonight, that we would do the Lord's Supper tonight. And after praying about it, I thought, you know, Easter is uh, or Resurrection Sunday is just what two three weeks away. So I thought, you know, why don't we? You know, we're going to talk about it tonight. I'm going to teach you on on the Lord's Supper tonight. But I, I was just thinking, you know, I think it'd be kind of cool to do it on, on uh, Resurrection Sunday. Amen. So we're, we're going to do that. So because of that, we'll probably be done early tonight. And Now, I, having said that, <laughs> I'm probably going to be in big trouble. <laughs> so uh, we uh, started talking uh, last week about the, the two ordinances, the, the first T in Baptist, the, the two ordinances. Um, what was what was the ordinance we talked about last week? Baptism. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> this week we're going to be talking about the Lord's Supper, uh, oftentimes referred to as uh, communion. Uh, if you grew up Catholic, it would be called Holy Communion. Uh, th- there's a lot of words for it. Uh, there's a lot of false teaching uh, on on uh, the Lord's Supper. So hopefully by the end of the the service this evening you will have a better understanding uh, of the, the right teaching uh, on the Lord's Supper. Uh, <clears throat> so, Matthew <clears throat> chapter 26. Uh, let, let's, let's see. Last week was point number one, baptism. This week, point number two, Lord's Supper. Uh, you know, really, really uh, difficult notes here tonight. <laughs> Uh, not a, not a, not. It shouldn't be a whole lot of notes, but just things that maybe uh, should pique your interest. So let's start with the question: What is the Lord's Supper? What is communion? Anybody want to throw their two cents in on it? Yeah, it feels like no. It's not a trick question. It's just what it. What is it? Okay, it's remembering Jesus. Okay, that that would be like a a very simple to the point definition of it. Sean. Okay, okay, so it, 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 it all is a result of, and, and very correctly so, uh, what is more commonly referred to as the Last Supper. It was the last opportunity that Jesus had a meal with his disciples, or excuse me, more specifically with his apostles, prior to his, his, his uh, death, burial, and resurrection. Okay, so uh, anybody else want to throw their two cents in on it? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, you almost got yourself in trouble. <laughs> okay, Amber. <what? laughs> okay, let's go ahead and read Matthew chapter 26. Uh, let's start reading in verse 17. Now the first day 
of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, uh, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? Okay, so let, let's kind of put this into context here. What, what, is, what, is, what is about to develop here? Anybody know? Okay, yeah, they're, they're getting ready for Passover. Now, <clears throat> and this is really important because, you know, because we are on this side of the cross, we often forget that Jesus was, was a Jew. And what is their most holy of holy celebrations? Passover. Passover. So his disciples are coming to him, and, and, and they're, they're, they start the question by saying, where are we going to do this Passover? Because it is important that they do this. It is part of the law that Moses gave. So, <clears throat> verse 18, And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, uh, My time is at hand, and I will keep the Passover in my house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus appointed them, and they made uh, ready the Passover. Now when uh, the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he, and he answered and said, He, he that uh, dippeth his hand with me in, this, in the dish, uh, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written uh, of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and, and gave it <clears throat> to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and uh, gave thanks and uh, gave it uh, to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed <clears throat> for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you again for this day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the, 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 the incredible uh, picture that you have given us through the Lord's Supper. And Lord, I, give me wisdom as I do my be best to teach the importance of, of this ordinance. And Lord, help me, help us to draw close to you because of our time together tonight. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jesus prayed and gave thanks for the, for, uh, to God for the meal. 
And then he take, takes the bread and he breaks it. Now, <clears throat> there, there's a lot of symbolism that we're going to be talking about tonight. And the very first one that I think we need to get a hold of is the idea that, that, that he did not cut it, he did not tear it, but he broke it. What is that a symbol of? Okay, his body. Okay, and then uh, the 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 <clears throat> so we we need to really understand what what this feast is really all about, and and so we're going to take a minute and talk about the Passover the Passover feast. Now I'm not a Jew, I I, I have not studied it in 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 depth. Um, uh, like some people have, but I have I have done some study on it, and <clears throat> it is an incredible picture of what Christ did for us. <clears throat> now, how long had the Jews been observing and celebrating the Passover? Okay, since the book is the the book of Exodus. Okay, so <clears throat> for 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 many years they had been celebrating uh, or, or observing Passover. So what what is, okay, let's go back to the book of Exodus and let's talk about this for a second because if, if we don't get a, what happened back in the book of Exodus, what, what he's talking about here, a lot of it doesn't make sense. So let's go back. What happened in the book of Exodus? Okay, okay, but before that, okay, what what happened? The the uh, the the well, I'll set the table and we'll get to where I want to be. Okay, <clears throat> Egypt had enslaved the the nation of Israel basically. Okay, and they, the the people were in bondage and they were crying out to God. God sends Moses back to Egypt, and then the te- the ten plagues happen. Okay. Now, one, one through nine were all brought from God, were they not? Yes. Okay, plague number 10 was a result of what? Okay. Well. Who, who actually dictated the last plague? Pharaoh did. Okay. Okay, the Pharaoh sends out a decree to kill the firstborn Israelite, thus setting in in place what? The death of the firstborn of all the land, right? right? Are we all together here? Okay, So, so then God goes to Moses and tells Moses what? Okay, to take a lamb, a spotless lamb, sacrifice it, and paint the blood over the door, the doorpost. Right? Hence, and, and, then, and then the angel of death would see the blood of the lamb, <clears throat> incredibly pictorial uh, thing here, and would see the blood of the lamb and pass over the house and not go in and kill the firstborn. So, 
the whole idea of the Passover goes all the way back to the blood of the Lamb on the door of the Hebrews in Egypt. Everybody with me? Okay. I have a picture for you here. I found this to be very interesting. I have no idea what the name of this thing is. It's in Hebrew. (laughs) And I, I tried, but there's no way in the world I could pronounce it. But as you can tell, this is a bag that has three compartments. You can see the three compartments down here. And in each compartment is a piece of unleavened bread. Okay? And what this bag is used for is during the Passover, the priest or, or whoever would reach into the bag and take out the middle piece of unleavened bread would break it in half. Again, the idea of breaking. Take one half, wrap it in a napkin, and then hide it somewhere in the house. Take the other half of the bread and break it into small pieces and then distribute it throughout everybody in the house. Y'all understand that? Okay. <clears throat> the <clears throat> the bag when the three pieces of unleavened bread are in the bag <clears throat> they bring unity yet a distinction. Do you get where this is going? Okay, it's a, it's a representation of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, which one did they take out, break, hide, and distribute? The Son. Incredible picture. Huh? But they believe in the Messiah. They just don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Well, no, because what happened when Jesus died? He was he was he was he was wrapped in linen and he was put away for 3 days. But the object of the whole process here is that whoever hides it then the rest of the family has to find it. Kind of like Easter eggs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, John, John's going to go buy one of these bags. Put Easter eggs in them. I don't know. Okay. Now, let me let me read you some verses that will kind of kind of bring us to speed here. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement, the chast, yes, that word, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes 
we are healed. Again, the picture of the breaking. It is so important that we get a hold of that. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time was come, Jesus uh, sent forth, excuse me, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And in Matthew chapter 27, verses 59 and 60, and when Joseph was taken the body, he wrapped it in, in, in clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb. And when he had hewn out of the rock, he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. You see the symbolism here? <clears throat> now, <clears throat> let's go back to the, to, the, to the Last Supper. Did Jesus have one of these bags? It, it's very, very, very possible that he did. Okay? And it's very, very possible. Now, we don't know. Okay? All we know is that he took the bread and he broke it. Now, was he a Jew? Yes. Was he observing Passover? Yes. Was it the custom of the Jews, or is it still the custom of the Jews, to have one of these bags present at the Passover? Yes. yes. Now, whether he had one or not, it really doesn't matter. <clears throat> but the symbolism is an incredible picture for us. <clears throat> now, let's, let's talk about the, symboliz the, the symbolism of the blood for a minute. In the passage that we read here, I'm trying to find it. Uh, let's see. I meant, okay. Um, in verse 28 of the passage that we just read, it says, For this is my body of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remissions of sin. If I were to bring in an, a bottle with juice in it and pour it into a cup, what? what see, how, how do I want to? How do I want to put this? Um, when you take a bottle and you pour it into a cup. The action is a free-flowing action. Does that, does that make sense? Okay. Jesus freely shed his blood. He, he poured. See, his body was broken. You, the, the, it talks of the violent, the violent conditions that he went through. Uh, for you and for me. But when it came time for the shedding of his blood, he poured 
his blood freely. See, when, when, when you go home tonight and you, I don't know if you're going to do this or maybe in the morning, whatever, you go in the refrigerator, you take out a gallon of milk and you're going to have a bowl of cereal, whatever. I love cereal. I eat it all the time. <clears throat> and I pour my milk. I, I do not go into my wife's um, paraphernalia, kitchen utensils. And you know that big thing? I think it's called a baster. You know what a baster is? It's a big, it's a big suction thing, you know? I don't stick that down in the milk jug and suck out the milk and then squirt it onto my... You know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah, I, I might actually enjoy that, but, but I, I freely pour. And there, there's, there's a symbolism here that Jesus' blood that was shed was freely shed. In fact, the word shed, I, I looked it up just just to make sure, and, and it, the word shed that we just read in verse 28 literally means to pour. So Jesus freely gave his blood for the remissions of sin. It, 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 didn't have to, it didn't have to get sucked out of him. It didn't have to. We don't have to go and get it and work it out of him anyway. He freely pours his, his blood for your sins and for mine. The, the symbolism here is, is, is incredible. Luke chapter 22, verse 20 says, Likewise, also the cup after uh, <clears throat> uh, supper, uh, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, uh, which is shed or poured out for you. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, And uh, <clears throat> almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission of sin. So let's go back to the Passover in Egypt. What happened if there was no blood? Death. The remissions of sin. And Jesus poured out His blood. And, it, and if you understand the context here, it is almost as though not only did he freely give it, but he poured it out. Again, we're talking about the Passover. What was the instruction to, to Moses <clears throat> the night of the Passover, as far as the 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 the, the food uh, and drink to be consumed. Okay, well, it was to leave nothing till the morning. But what what kind of bread did God tell Moses to tell the people to make? Unleavened bread. Now we saw that. Can you put that picture back up, Chris? It's it this this is really important here. This is unleavened bread. It looks more like a cracker, does it not? <clears throat> but this is unleavened bread. Why does it look more like what we would call a cracker? There's no yeast in it. It's it, it's 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 hard. <laughs> well, I'm sure it is. You put a little put a little jam on there and <laughs> peanut butter and jam. Uh, <clears throat> but it's really important that we get a hold of this because it 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 really goes to the purity of who Jesus was. 
What, what is leaven a picture of? Sin. Anytime you see leaven in Scripture, <clears throat> uh, it is a picture of sin. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 9, it says, A little leaven, leaven, le- ugh, a little leaven leaveneth a whole lump. Now, now my wife, <clears throat> as I very kindly announced, uh, made Bob a, a birthday loaf of bread. Yes! And <clears throat> uh, I think she even had one for Jim last week, but he wasn't here. <laughs> Snooze you lose, bud. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's amazing to me. And I, I've known this for years, but it's still a, an incredible picture to me. My wife will sit there and she'll dump all this, the ingredients in, you know, cup after cup of flour and all this stuff and uh, the oats and all, the, all of this stuff. But you know how much leaven she puts in? Just a small amount. And it, it, it still amazes me to this day that that little bit of leaven makes that big plump loaf of bread and, and we end up with crackers if we don't. But that's what sin does in our lives. Why then is it so important that when we use, when we do the Lord's Supper, that we use unleavened bread? Okay, uh, I didn't. I I only got part of what you said, Patricia. All right, there was no sin. Now, <clears throat> I said I I mentioned this last week, and and uh, and. There, there are churches in, 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 in our country today that will use potato chips and soda pop for their, their, their Lord's Supper. And I, I'm here to tell you that's a, that's a, sad, that's a sad place to go. Uh, it is so important that we... Because one thing, Jesus was very, very specific in his guidelines. But it is so important that we understand that we need to use unleavened bread. Now, on the flip side of that, why is it so important? Now, <clears throat> years ago, I was in the Ukraine. I, I, I was over there doing a construction project for some missionaries. And <clears throat> the church that we were attending uh, that Sunday happened to be doing the Lord's Supper. And <clears throat> they have in the front of their church... Somebody stand here with a big goblet full of real wine, and everybody <laughs> got in a big wine, and and just there would yeah I don't know but no they just came up and they would just take a sip of it. Um, what is wrong with the, that picture? Yeah, first of all germs. Yeah, first of all the germs. Yeah, totally not going there. But but what what's wrong? Okay, you said it was alcoholic. Yes, it was it was alcoholic. Okay. But but why why is why why is something like that so important? Regular grape juice. Okay. <clears throat> why you know we, when we do it we use regular grape juice unless Bob does something I don't know. <laughs> If you get if you walk out here a little tipsy, we know why. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Well, well, what is the difference? 
what is the difference between grape juice and wine? Fermented. Okay. What do they put in wine to ferment it? Yeast. So that church in, in the Ukraine, by using alcoholic wine, they were destroying the picture. Now, now I'm not going to debate whether wine is... That, that's not the point. We're talking about the Lord's Supper here. So do you think that the wine that Jesus was pouring out here and telling his apostles and his disciples to drink was alcoholic wine? Why? Because of the leaven. It, it, it could not have been, it could not have been alcoholic wine. Right. <clears throat> okay. So, <clears throat> turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians <clears throat> chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11. <clears throat> I don't know if we're going to get done earlier or not. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 11. <clears throat> Let's start reading in verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I have delivered unto you, that Jesus, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Uh, <clears throat> after the same manner also, he took the cup that uh, he had uh, supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, <clears throat> you do show the Lord's death till he come. Uh, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the, of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat that bread and drink the, uh, of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, <clears throat> excuse me, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if ye uh, would judge, uh, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one another. Uh, excuse me, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger. Let him eat at home, that he that excuse me that ye come not together unto condemnation, uh, and the rest will I set in order when I come. Now, there's some key thoughts I want to talk about here as we as we conclude uh, the thoughts on 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 the Lord's Supper. Number one is in verse 27. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> 
It says, uh, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of Christ. I get asked often why we do not do the Lord's Supper more often. And this verse is the reason why. The word unworthily here means to do it in a dishonorable manner. What happens when we as a church go through the motions of the Lord's Supper in a dishonorable way, in a flippant, let's just do it and get it over with? We are absolutely guilty of it. I have another question for you. How often did the Jews celebrate Passover? Once a year. year. I know churches that 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 have it built into their constitution that that they uh, do the Lord's Supper quarterly, or or uh, like today, whenever there's a fifth a fifth Sunday, or uh, you know whatever. I, I remember. A church that I was a part of, I was I was a deacon at this church uh, many years ago, and and <clears throat> I had another deacon come up to me. I mean, church was getting ready to start literally within two three minutes, and and we were we were in our constitution. It said that we would do the Lord's Supper on the fifth Sunday of every month, or whenever the fifth Sunday happened, which is four times a year. And <clears throat> this deacon runs up to me literally two minutes before church starts and said, "Hey, today is the fifth Sunday." And I went, oh no! So I went tearing up the up the main aisle of the church. I went up, I went up to the pastor, and I said, "Hey, today's the fifth Sunday." And he said, "Oh no! <laughs> I forgot all about it." He said, "Can you get it together before the end of the service?" I said, "I'll I'll make it happen." So I I literally had to run up to the store and buy some uh, uh, unleavened crackers. And, and some grape juice. And me and the other deacon come running back and, and we spent the whole service getting ready to have the Lord's Supper. What's wrong with that? Okay. Not only did I not, the pastor didn't, and nobody in the church was mentally prepared for it. There was no respect. And it was after that, I, I got home that afternoon and I said, I say, you know what? Someday when I'm gonna when I'm a pastor, that'll never happen in my church because it, I believe it was a disgrace. <clears throat> exactly, that's exactly what it is. Now I do want to talk about something else. There in, in theology, there are three uh, theological theological positions on the, the Lord's Supper. The first one is what we call open open communion. The second one is closed communion. And the third one is close communion. So who can tell me what open communion means? Okay. No, they don't even have to claim Christ. Anybody who wants to can, can partake. Is that right? No. 
Okay, the second position is closed communion. And, and that is only the, the membership of that church can partake. Now, is that right? No, it's not. At least I don't believe so. I have a lot of pastoral friends who disagree with me on this one. Okay, I'm just, I'm just here to tell you. It's a big struggle within Baptist churches. <clears throat> I believe with all my heart that close, the, the, the close position is the right one. Now, let's go back and read verse 28. And this is why I hold and our church holds to the close position. But let a man, what? Examine himself. See, a church that holds to closed communion says, in, in essence, what they're saying is it is the pastor's responsibility to make sure that whoever takes communion or takes the Lord's Supper is right with God. How can I know? I can't know. It's impossible for me to know the hearts of, of everybody sitting here. Especially you get into a church, a bigger church. I know a church of several thousand that holds to a close communion. And I'm like, how? there's no way in the world the pastor can know the hearts of seven or 8,000 people. You can't do it. See, the Bible says that we are to examine ourselves. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit. So <clears throat> that is why... <clears throat> I believe the close position is, is, the, is the proper position. <clears throat> Verses 29 and 30. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation or punishment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are sick and, and, and weak and sick uh, among you, and many sleep. I have a question for you. Who is... Who is this letter written to Paul Paul wrote it to who okay okay believers but specifically to the Corinthian church now if God was upset with the Corinthian believers for making a mockery of the Lord's Supper and and uh, 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 bringing judgment and even death to some of the Corinthians do you think just because we live in the 21st century that we get a pass? We don't. The, the Lord's Supper is something that is to be sacred because it represents what He did for you and for me. It is not to be done flippantly. Verse 31 to 33, for if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, <clears throat> we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned of the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. Now, <clears throat> I want you to think about this because it's, it's not covered in the passage that we read in, in, in Matthew. But as soon as the supper was over, as soon as they finished eating, 
And another passage is in John chapter 13. What happened when they finished eating? Okay, well, that's what we just read in Matthew. But there's something that happened between the eating and the singing of a hymn. When I tell you, you're going to go, oh, yes. Anybody? No, 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 that happened at the garden. Jesus washed their feet. And see, this is a part of the Lord's Supper that we don't get. What happens? Jesus, they eat. Jesus presents them with the Lord, what we call the Lord's Supper, and then he washes their feet. And then he goes with, the, with Peter. Does he not have the exchange with Peter? You idiot Peter. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, we do the same thing. Let's read John chapter 13, verses 13 to 17. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth uh, uh, from supper and laid aside his garment and took a towel and girded himself after he poureth the water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he, he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saying unto, unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now. But what? But thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter uh, said unto him, Lord, not, o- not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said unto him, he that is washed needeth not uh, save to wash his feet, but is clean ever wit. And ye are clean, uh, but not all. For he know, but he knew um, who should betray him. Therefore he said, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet, he had taken his garment and was set down again, and said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye shall and and ye say, Well, for I for so I am. If I then, uh, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that ye may do as I have done to you. Verily I say, uh, verily, verily I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye, if, if ye know these things, happy are ye that do them. So what happened? Jesus, at the Last Supper, presents to them what we now call the Lord's Supper. 
And then he lays apart, he lays aside his garments and he girds himself with a towel and he starts to wash their feet. And he gives them an example of what? Humility and service. And he and he tells them, <clears throat> he says, um, uh, if I then, uh, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. I want to go back. Look at verse 31. In Matthew, well, for time's sake, I'll just read it. We don't, don't, don't turn back. In Matthew, uh, verses 31 to 33, please, please get this because, because the foot washing ties in to, to what he's saying here. For if we judge one another, if, excuse me, for if we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. But uh, when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not uh, be condemned of the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. What's he saying? Serve one another. See, what, what, are, what are we to do? We are to, to well, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. <clears throat> what is the one thing, well, no, no, no let, me, let me rephrase that. What is one of the things that happens in our lives when we examine ourselves? Okay, we find fault, God convicts us. But, but what is one of the things that should happen when, when we turn inward and examine ourselves? Okay. But by turning inward, it should cause us to turn outward. Because as soon as we start finding fault in ourselves, now all of a sudden we start to realize, you know what, it's not about me. It's about him. And it's about others. So what does Jesus do immediately following what we call the Lord's Supper? He gives them a demonstration of servanthood. And then he says, serve one another. See, and oftentimes we fail to connect the foot washing of Jesus with the Lord's Supper. But what should take place? See, when we examine ourselves and we judge ourselves, then we take care of the sin in our lives. But if we don't take care of that sin, what happens? God takes care of it. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a whole lot better for you to do it than him to do it. Just saying. But what should that cause us to do? It should cause us to turn outward. Once we, once we take care of the internal, now all of a sudden we should be servants. And that is the very thing that Jesus was trying to teach his disciples. I'm sorry? That's right. So, let's, let, let, let's kind of summarize everything, and we're not going to be done early. <clears throat> we're almost done, though. We're almost done. We're just going to summarize everything. Okay, so what is the purpose then?
of the Lord's Supper. The, the purpose is for us to have a time of remembrance. A time in verses 24 and 25 of what we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 and 25, you see the phrase, in remembrance of me, twice. In remembrance of me. It is a time that we take to remember what God has done for us. Not just in salvation, but in the, the, the multitude of blessings that He has poured upon our lives. We need to regularly take time and remember what He's done for us. So first and foremost, the purpose is to remember what, what Jesus has done for you and for me. His body was broken. His blood He poured out freely. <clears throat> and this is something that we should do on a regular basis. Number two, we should do a self-examination. It should be an opportunity for us to turn inward. The emphasis here is on self-examination, not the examination of others. How many times have we sat in church wishing that someone else was here to hear the sermon that was just preached? <laughs> Boy, I wish so-and-so would have been here. Man, they needed that. Yeah, It's amazing how many times I hear that people, man, I wish my husband would have been here. He really needed that one. Yeah. (laughs) Get Chris to make a copy. I don't know. know. But it's about self-examination. I remember one time I was in a church service. We were doing the Lord's Supper and the plate went by me and, and I, I, took, I took the elements and, and, and handed it to the individual sitting next to me who was not my wife. It was just someone. And they, they just let it go right past them. They didn't take anything. It, you, what, what did I immediately think? Ooh! 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 Oh! <laughs> Shame on me. Shame on me. God, I, I, I honestly thought a lightning bolt was going to take me out. <laughs> Self-examination. Don't worry about what other people are doing. I don't, even, I don't even care about what my wife does. This is about me and my walk with the Lord. It is a time to turn inward so that we can turn outward and serve one another. See, what good is outward service if the inside isn't working right? It's not good. It's not good. But there is a caution. We see it in verses 20, 29 and 30 here in, in, in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 29. It says, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily and eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's <clears throat> uh, body. For this cause many uh, are, are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. So there is a caution here. You need to be very, very careful. 
And I would highly recommend, if there is sin in your life, if there is conflict going on in your heart, and you need to go make something right with someone, if you, if you do not have an opportunity to go and make that thing right, I would let it go right past you. And if the person sitting next to you wants to judge you, so be it. But you know what? I, I, I want nothing. I want nothing in my life that's going to make God angry enough to make me sick and, and possibly die. This is something that is to be done very seriously. But there is a promise. If we will judge ourselves, he will not judge us. What an incredible promise. What is the Lord's Supper not? It is not a time of fellowship. It it, it says here uh, in verse 34, if you're hungry, eat at home. This is not a time to come together for, for fun and, and, and fellowship. What we did this afternoon with the, with the senior saints, that was fellowship. That was a time to get together and talk. This is not. This is a time of reflection, and this is a serious time. It is not a time to judge others, and it has nothing to do with your salvation. It has nothing to do with your salvation. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. I was wondering if you guys have fallen asleep. Now, the Catholic Church does does teach a false doctrine here. Now, I I understand that that's surprising to you, that the Catholic Church would teach a false doctrine. But they do. It's, It's called transubstantiation. Can you believe I actually said that? Transubstantiation. Can anybody tell me what that means? Okay, almost, you're almost there. Okay, after it passes your lips, it becomes the, the body and it becomes the blood of Christ. Now, <laughs> to me, that's disgusting. Okay, is that, is that really what happens? No, it is just unleavened bread and unleavened grape juice. Okay, that's all it is and, and that's all it's ever going to be. <clears throat> So, it is much like baptism in the sense that it is, it is symbolic, that it is a time of remembrance, of a time of self-examination. <clears throat> I want to read this, read this, this statement, and then, and then we'll be done. A baptism in the Lord's table neither make you saved, but one shows others that you are, and the other reminds you that you are. Yeah, I, I was actually amazed when I wrote it. It's, it was like, it was like, wow, that's pretty good. Okay? That's why I wanted to read it. I still can't believe I wrote it. Okay? Baptism and the Lord's table neither make you saved. Neither one of them. But one shows others that you are and the other reminds you that you are. Isn't that cool? Man, I was impressed. <laughs> Man, I, I got to write a book. <clears throat> Not. <laughs> but seriously, baptism, we talked about last week, is a demonstration to everybody who's watching what has taken place on the inside. You've put your faith and trust in Christ. 
the picture of baptism, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. You dying to the old man, raising to walk in newness of life. It is a picture of for the world to say, I am saved. What is the Lord's Supper about? It is a reminder to us that we are saved. And that we not only are saved, but that we have a job to do. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day.